Okay, good morning, everybody. It is uh, Monday, March 8th. I am Dan Benjamin. Welcome to the program. Those of you out there in Benjamin Nation have been very vocal over the weekend talking to me about the latest stuff that's going on with uh, with Fireside. So we will be talking about that at the end of the program. Uh, but we've got a lot of good news for you and some other things to talk about today. Again, I'm Dan Benjamin. You can follow me right here on the YouTube at Dan Benjamin. Well, it's not an ad. It's just youtube.com slash Dan Benjamin. You know that. Of course, uh, on Twitter at Dan Benjamin. Instagram is the one, though, where I spend most of the time. So if you got stories or cool things you want to send to me, Instagram is really good. So follow me over there at Dan Benjamin. Hey, Nelson in the chat room. How are you doing today? Um, also, while you're here, remember to like and subscribe. Smash the like. I'm, do we still say smash the like button and subscribe and hit the little bell so you know when I'm coming on the air? I see a lot of you still starting out on Periscope and then eventually you migrate over to YouTube. That's fine. And uh, Twitter is going to have some kind of streaming solution because Periscope, I think, dies in another week or two. This really seems like really soon. Uh, and while you're here, support me. Go to patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. I appreciate that where I've got a lot of inside and behind the scenes videos there. I still do all the podcast method stuff there with uh, little tidbits and previews and other things there. And don't forget, no uh, lower third for this, but disasterproof.tv. I'm starting work on that uh, more seriously this week, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'd love to have you along for that ride. Uh, so I don't stop there you go. You Let's go. Now, Jackals, I have some things I need to tell you about. In the news, um, apparently Joe Biden had some uh, airstrike in Syria that there is being called highly dangerous, Iran says, amid rising tensions. Did you know about this? This is kind of like not a big thing. You know what you know what people are talking about? And we'll talk about it for a minute, a, sh a quick minute, is the stuff that's going on with like the royalty. And anyway, we'll talk about that. But basically, the Iranian foreign minister... Javad Zarif, yeah, he'll get That's one, your name, dude. Uh, has said that President Joe Biden's airstrikes against Iran-aligned Iraqi militias in Syria, keep track, <laughs> um, last month was highly dangerous and a risk to Middle East stability. And Tehran continues to press the White House for sanctions relief. Iranian leaders demand that Biden lift all sanctions imposed by President Donald Trump so that he can revive this what's called a joint comprehensive plan of action. Uh, it's a nuclear deal which Trump withdrew from in 2018. So just keep your eye on that. Things are always happening in the Middle East, and it's uh, it's worth your time to to just keep your ear to the ground about that stuff. Uh, the seat. Oh, wait, hold on. We got our intro Excuse to it. Excuse me. I'm in need of medical attention. Okay. The CDC has released its highly anticipated uh, guidance for people fully vaccinated against COVID-19. So if you've got your two vaccinations, or if you took one of the, uh, like the Johnson & Johnson one, I think is just the one. Uh, these guidelines have come out. This is from the um, <clears throat> Center for Disease Control and Prevention. They say that if you're fully vaccinated against COVID-19, you can safely visit with other vaccinated people and small groups of unvaccinated people in some circumstances. But there are still important safety precautions. So here's the quote. COVID-19 continues to exert a tremendous toll on our nation. Like you, I want to be able to return to everyday activities and engage with our friends, families, and communities. This is the CDC director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, um, at the White House briefing just today. Science and the protection of public health must guide us as we begin to resume these activities. Today's action represents an important first step. It is not our final destination. 
So basically, what does this mean? It's It defines people who are fully vaccinated as those who are two weeks past their second dose of the Moderna and Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine or two weeks past a single dose of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. And um, there is growing evidence that people who are vaccinated don't spread it, but they're trying to understand how long the, they don't even know how long the vaccine protection lasts. Remember last week I told you that uh, it could be eight months or more if you've had COVID that you you can't get it and you can't pass it. They're trying to figure this out with the vaccine. They just don't know and not, people haven't had it long enough. So how are they supposed to know? Okay, so the CDC guidance says fully vaccinated people can visit other vaccinated people indoors without masks and without physical distancing. So if you got your vaccine and your friends got your vaccine, you can go and hang out in each other's houses and give each other hugs and all the stuff you used to be able to do with your friends and chill and all that stuff. You can visit indoors with unvaccinated people from a single household without masks or physical distancing if the unvaccinated people are at a low risk for severe disease. Now, keep in mind what this statement says, and let me translate it for you. Because as as usual, with anything from the CDC and in the news media, it's misunderstood and reported improperly and said improperly because they're trying to be super anal retentive and cover all their bases because they're, they're scared of saying the wrong thing because they know people will misinterpret it. But guess what happens? It gets misinterpreted anyway. So let me translate this for you. This means... You, as a vaccinated person, can go and hang out with unvaccinated people in a house, in a single household. They don't want you doing it with more than a single household worth of people. But the risk isn't to you, it's to them. And the clue to that part is at the end, if the unvaccinated people are at low risk for severe disease, they're worried because you, as a vaccinated person, can still potentially carry and spread it. Now, they don't know that this is true. But they're worried about it. And because they're worried about it, because they can't guarantee 100% of the time it won't happen. Just like when they made us boil our water here in Austin, because there was maybe a possible contaminant, even though there wasn't one and it was never found. Maybe it could happen. So maybe people who are vaccinated could possibly carry it. They don't want you to spread that around. So the danger isn't to you, vaccinated person. It's to the people you're hanging out with in that house. And the final one is you can skip quarantine and testing if exposed to someone who has COVID-19 but are asymptomatic, but you should still monitor your symptoms for 14 days. Why? Because if they don't tell you to do that, the one guy who maybe somehow manages to get it, even though he's been vaccinated, can come back and say, well, CDC told me it was okay. CDC said. So um, people who are fully vaccinated still need to take precautions though. And here's the guidelines. Listen to this. Wear a mask and keep a good physical distance around the unvaccinated who are increased, who are at increased risk. Again, who is at risk? The vaccinated person? No, because the vaccinated person could maybe potentially carry it. To, am I making sense? You following me here? You following me, friends? Okay. And then it's uh, it says wear masks and physically distance when vaccinated visiting unvaccinated people who are from multiple households. That's just common sense, isn't it? All this is just common sense, isn't it? To y'all, but not to everybody, because people don't think they just don't. In the chat room, they're saying um, uh, Andy says, or if you have teenagers in the house who bring in whoever they blanking want. And uh, Andy also says, our family bubble during pandemic increased by four or five because teenagers. I still can't believe I didn't get it, he says. So uh, some interesting information about that. Uh, Another article on a website that I was 
hesitant to link to. It's called Eureka Alert. I'm not making this up. There it is. Eureka Alert. Eureka. A large number of COVID-19 survivors will experience cognitive complications. A large number. And what do they define as a large number? Well, in one study, uh, 95% of clinically stable COVID-19 patients had post-traumatic stress disorder. Other studies found between 17 and 42% of patients experienced affective disorders such as depression. Uh, The main short-term cognitive problems were found to be impaired attention, which was reported by 45% of patients, and impaired memory, which is up to 28% of patients. It says in the long-term, neuropsychiatric problems were mostly affective disorders and fatigue, as well as impaired attention, reported by 44% of patients, and memory, reported by 28 to 50% of patients. This sucks, and I know people who have had COVID, and they've all talked about this kind of thing. So... If for some reason you're not sure that this is likely to happen, anecdotally I hear it, and now the studies kind of confirm it, which is a bummer. Someone putting mail in the front door mail slot of the office right now. Okay, they're gone. I I don't want them to hear the news before you do. Another article here on CNN, don't drop the masks yet. One coronavirus variant is, quote, increasingly expon- increasing exponentially as the U.S. races to vaccinate. This is a CNN article. And you know how I feel about CNN. There's a whole lot of uh, stuff in CNN that, that sounds like news, but it's really opinion. And, and their writing style is very inflammatory. Uh, listen to the way they write this. And yes, I will do some news speak for you. With every COVID-19 vaccination, the United States inches closer to defeating the pandemic that has killed over half a million Americans and left countless more with long-term complications. But major challenges stand in the way. Some Americans are ditching personal responsibility and forgoing masks, even though the highly contagious B117 variant is spread to at least 46 states and Washington, D.C. That strain is increasingly exponential. It's spiking up, says Dr. Celine Gounder. An infectious disease specialist and epidemiologist. So we're probably right now at a tipping point of another surge. Research shows the U.S. B117 variant is 59 to 74% more transmissible than the original novel coronavirus. Dan Benjamin, Channel 9 News. Anyway, this is what they say. 2.9 to 3 million doses of vaccine a day over the next 6 to 14 weeks is when the surge is likely to happen. It's not going to uh, help the problem at all. That's what they're saying. Uh, Europe has been struggling with B117 for a while over um, it was only 4% of coronavirus cases in the US and uh, today it's 30 to 40%. What they've seen in Europe it hits that 50% mark and then they see a surge in cases very high numbers of people thanks to our lovely uh, governor here in Texas we don't have to wear masks anymore which is just crazy but whatever And then there was another study that came out that says wearing two face mask coverings may be pointless. Double masking is only slightly better at stopping the spread of COVID particles than relying on just one. But this was a simulation study, which is all they can really do. They found one face mask was 85% effective. A second one was worn. It only goes up to 89% protection. So this kind of contradicts the claims that double masking is common sense and more effective. Now, could that 4% difference make much of a difference? I mean, it's something, right? And if you think about it, two people, if both people are double masking, then it's actually an 8% increased difference, maybe with them, you know, whatever. But of course, the N95 masks are the ones that you should really be using 
Uh, so that's it. And that's all I've got to say about that stuff. Now into the sort of regular-ish news. The, the big thing that I kept hearing about is this apparently bombshells from uh, Meghan Markle, who was on Oprah Winfrey. This bombshell interview. Here's a picture of her. Uh, but I'm not going to play the video because it'll make me take this whole video down if I do it. But basically there was this bombshell interview. She talked about her life as a royal. She said that she was isolated. She said that she was lonely. She felt depression. She complicated suicide. Uh, terrible stuff. There was some – she says that some of the royals were not sure how the – you know, like there were questions about maybe there's some racism there because what would the color of the skin be like of the baby and all of this other stuff. I'll leave this to you to read. I'm just mentioning it because it happened. It's not really interesting to me. I mean, obviously, these issues are important, but this whole story of the royals in England, I don't connect to very much. But there's a lot of people who do care about it. And so it's in the show notes. Show notes are going to be about at danbenjamin.live. Go and pick the latest show. Uh, I actually put two articles in there about that. Uh, here is an article about Google's Flock, FL, lower, capital F, capital L, lowercase o, capital C. And this is basically what I was telling you about last week, which is that Google says that they are not going to be using cookies to track people the same way. They want to replace third-party cookies with a new suite of technologies targeting ads on the web. And what they came out with is this um, – one of their proposals to do it, which is the flock federal learning of co federated learning of cohorts. I don't like the name and I don't like what they're doing. Basically what they're doing is they're making your web browser do the profiling that the third party cookies used to do. Let me say that again. We used to have these third party cookies that would track what you do, but instead guess what? It's the browser that's going to track it all for you and the browser that will now determine what ads you should see and the browser that will uh, fill in all the details for these different sites. So instead of you sending your information up and away to the servers, it's going to happen in the browser itself. The end result is the same. You see ads that are custom tailored for you and those ads still know who you are and still snoop on you. They just aren't doing it with cookies. So guess what? This sucks. Google sucks. And all of this ad tracking technology sucks. And stop using Google Chrome. How's that for a summary? And how's that for being honest about how I feel? Microsoft Edge, while we're talking about browsers, got what they're calling a speedy startup feature. And they also have something called vertical tabs. Vertical tabs. So here's a little, uh, a little video. You can see them using the vertical tabs right here. And if you're at home listening and not watching along, uh, vertical tabs are just what they sound like. There is a, a left-hand tab thing that pops out across your browser because as you all know, we got the 16 by nine browsers. They're wider than they are tall. So why put um, why put tabs all across the top when you're wasting that part of the, the screen? Put them on the left where you got extra space anyway. And, uh, and so that's what they are. That's kind of cool. They also say that it starts up 41% faster after rebooting a device. Well, 29 to 41% faster. So, um, you know. This is our concern, dude. In case you thought Microsoft Edge started too slow, now it's faster. But Microsoft Edge is basically just Chrome. Uh, it uses that browser behind the scenes. So that's that, along with Brave, are two of the alternatives to using Chrome if you don't like the Flock stuff. Um, yeah. 
let's connect back a little bit with this Dr. Seuss stuff that I told you about with the books coming off, uh, being removed and no longer being published. Um, Dr. Seuss books have been deemed offensive and they will be delisted from eBay. So if you thought you could sell your old Dr. Seuss books to people who want them, uh, 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 you still can't do that either. They are sweeping the marketplace to remove the items. This is a quote from them. Uh, that's kind of extreme, huh? It says, eBay is currently sweeping our marketplace to remove these items. This is just a spokeswoman. New copies of the six books were no longer for sale online at major retailers like Barnes & Noble starting last Thursday afternoon. eBay was the only place you could get them. There were hundreds of listings for the six books on the platform, um, and then it went apparently to thousands. But uh, then the number appeared to be lower and lower, and they say, oh, it's going to take us time to get rid of these horrible, horrible books. Um, the books that are being removed were... And to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, If I Ran the Zoo, Miguel Gets Pool, On Beyond Zebra, Scrambled Egg Super, and The Cat's Quizzer. And so I did a little bit of digging into this, and I can confirm that the there's a lot of images in there that by today's standards would very easily be racist. And, uh, and maybe they were even racist back when he wrote them. I don't know. But by today's standards, absolutely offensive, absolutely racist. What do I think? should be done with these books. Well, it doesn't matter what I think. They're already pretty much gone. But should something be removed because it's racist? Should it have a disclaimer? Should there be a warning? Well, I was talking to some people about it. And um, one of the people said, kids don't read a disclaimer. Kids won't understand a disclaimer. And if these books are available for kids, then the kids are going to read them. They're not going to read the disclaimer. Did you ever read anything in the front of the book before the pictures? No. And they're not going to understand what that means unless a parent or a teacher explains it to them. You can't guarantee that that will always happen. But that brings up this whole philosophy that people need to be protected from those things. But I think it's different here. And, and this is something that I've been kind of struggling to kind of form an opinion about because I love Dr. Seuss books when I was a kid and, and I still like a lot of them. Of course, I read them to my kids. So what happens there if there's something that's deemed offensive and in this case, kind of universally offensive and racist, what do you do? Would I still read that book to my kids? Well, you can, you, there's the one argument which says I, for example, I'm a person who is being made fun of in this book. For example, there is a picture of um, an Asian person with a conical hat holding chopsticks. It's not very cool. And if an Asian person were to say, oh, I don't care, I'm not offended by that, that's one person who might not be offended. But what does it teach, right? It teaches racial stereotypes and it teaches that those racial stereotypes are something that's funny or could be made fun of or could be used for comic relief. And I think that's where people have the problem. So as weird as it is for me to kind of say this, as of right now, I kind of think this was the right thing to do. Uh, last week, I wasn't sure, but I would like to hear, tell me I'm wrong or tell me you agree with me. Somewhere down below in the comments. And while you're there, like and subscribe. Yep. And support the show on Patreon. Yep. And follow me on the social media. Uh-huh. All right. So anyway, I'm curious to hear what you think. Now, the last thing I'll say is, should people still be allowed to sell these books? You know, if you want to sell it on eBay, should you be allowed? That's my current question. Let me know in the comments. Oh, yeah. Did you see the hovering ship? Everybody sent me this because they know I'm the UFO guy. Hovering ship. You seeing this? There are people at home who are just listening. This is a ship. It looks like 
some kind of cargo ship that seems to just be floating. They say it was an optical illusion. What do you think? David Morris over in Cornwall took That's a photo of this. And BBC meteorologist David Brain uh, said that this is called a superior mirage. It occurs because a special atmospheric condition happened that bent light. He said the illusion is common in the Arctic, but can appear very rarely in the UK during the wintertime. Um, superior mirages occur because of the weather condition known as temperature inversion, where cold air lies close to the sea with warmer air above it. Since cold air is denser than warm air, it bends light toward the eyes of someone standing on the ground or on the coast, changing how a distant object appears. Superior mirages can produce a few different types of images. In this case, a distant ship appears to float high above its actual position, but they also say that sometimes an object below the horizon can be made visible. What do you think? What do you think? I don't think that was a floating cargo ship. I think it's a mirage, but that's kind of interesting and cool. And why have we never heard about this before? Oh, yeah. You know what? Play play loud videos and ads for me. Thank you so much. Just go to the website and... Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is an article about Elon Musk talking about the Cybertruck. He tweeted over the weekend that he expects uh, to offer the next update on the upcoming electric pickup truck in the second quarter of this year. Someone asked him, Gary Black asked him, Hey, yo, any update on the Cybertruck first delivery date? Cool features like waiting... And he says, update probably in Q2. Cybertruck will be built in Giga, Texas. So focus right now is getting that beast built. I am uh, I am one of the people who does not think that this truck looks cool. Um, here is a video of the truck. Um, it looks cool in a way. Let me take that back. It looks cool in a way. But I also think that my truck looks cool. And I don't know. It, it, it's kind of kind of weird. Here's a video of this. Um, it's kind of weird because I'm not like, I don't know. It, it doesn't connect with me the way that I like trucks because I like trucks. I drive a truck and I don't look at this and think, yeah, I, I want that. I want that. I would like an EV truck though. So, you know, maybe it'll grow on me. Maybe I have to test drive it. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, Brianne says it looks the way the future was supposed to look. Um, I don't know. I don't know about that. I uh, I feel like maybe it's going to be incredibly popular. Excuse me. That's not what I meant to play. But and the trucks like I like will go away. But then again, I still love cars from the seventies, man. I still love those cars. I still think they look better. And if my truck now could look like a nineteen fifties Ford F one fifty, heck yeah, I would want it too. I'm not into this whole futurism thing anymore, uh, but I do like modern houses best. Oh, did you hear about uh, Pepe Le Pew? We can definitely do a toilet flush because it's happened. Um, apparently, Pepe Le Pew was axed from the Space Jam sequel even before there was a controversy about him. Uh, so here's a picture of Pepe Le Pew, who has apparently been completely canceled. Pepe Le Pew, bad. Uh, but my understanding is Speeding Gonzalez, good? Am I understanding that right? Speeding is all is good. Pepe Le Pew bad. It says that uh, Warner Brothers was well aware of the problems with Pepe Le Pew way before he's been called out. And he does not make a single appearance in the new Space Jam movie. This is a report over from Deadline that says that Looney Tunes character actually had a scene written into the movie early in production. Director Terrence Nance 
was still at the helm. Apparently, there was a Casablanca-like scene in which Pepe played a bartender and tried kissing the arm of a human character portrayed by actress Grease Santo. I hope I'm saying her name right. She's a new name for me. And um, Deadline says Santo pulls back and slaps Pepe Le Pew. LeBron James actually gave him a pep talk, letting him know it's not cool to get grabby without consent. The outlet also says that Pepe referenced his longtime muse, Penelope Pussycat. I didn't know that was her name. And uh, said she'd taken out a restraining order against him. That was going to be the scene. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, it looks good on you, though. Um, word is the scene was removed. Um, and uh, apparently he's very, very wrong. Very wrong altogether. Um, because they said that he was normalizing rape culture. I can see that. And, uh, but it says these two things were unrelated. And so here's a tweet from someone named Charles M blow who says, um, uh, blogs are mad because, uh, he said that Pepe Le Pew added to rape culture, but here are his examples. It says he grabs and kisses a girl who's a stranger repeatedly without consent and against her will. She struggles mightily to get away from him, but he won't release her. He locks a door to prevent her from escaping. And if that's not rapey, I don't know what is. So maybe it's better that he has been canceled. Uh, Marvel Studios says that there is an X-Men reboot in development. Woohoo! We need a little bit of applause from that. We want the kids cheering for this one. Uh, and it's supposedly going to be called just The Mutants. The Mutants. Now, why does that mean something? Well, that's a little bit of a nod if you don't know. Because, as you know, Sony owned all the rights to the X-Men stuff. And that made it so that the Marvel MCU couldn't even talk about the word mutants. They couldn't use the word mutants. And any characters that they still had rights for, like Scarlet Witch, she couldn't be called a mutant. She just had to have powers. And in fact, she got powers from experiments because they had to change her origin history because Sony owned the rights to all the mutants, just like they own the movie rights to, uh, to Spidey. But then with this merger and all of this stuff happening where Marvel now gets all these characters back in, now they can call them mutants again. So, of course, they want to start using the word mutant as much as possible. Uh, this is part of their phase four expansion. And uh, so we've got the Fantastic Four and we've got the X-Men. And here's what it says. It says, following news that the R-rated Deadpool 3 starring Ryan, Re Ryan Reynolds uh, will be part of the MCU. They're also learning that Chief Creative Officer Kevin Feig will be producing an X-Men reboot titled The Mutants, very early development stages. Um, storyboards for Zack Snyder's Justice League sequels reveal that Batman and Lois Lane were supposed to have a child together. What? No, 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 no. Here's an article talking about deepfake. Remember I showed you those Tom Cruise things toward the end of the week last week. Well, uh, deep fake is the future of content creation, according to this article on the BBC. A few months ago, millions of TV viewers across South Korea were watching the MBN channel to catch the latest news, right? Regular uh, news anchor Kim Joo Ha. That's your name. There it is. Started to go through the day's headlines. It was a normal list of stories. And then all of a sudden it wasn't actually her. She was replaced by a deep fake version of herself. And they announced that they did this and they explained why they did it and everything, but uh, is this the clip? Is this a clip here? Can I, will this play? It won't even play. It's not a clip. It's just a frozen image, but this apparently is the deep fake of herself that she did just to show you what could happen. 
And there is now on, um, on TikTok, uh, there is an account that was removed by TikTok, TikTok or TikTok, whatever you want to call it, it's fine. Deep Tom Cruise, but apparently they can't do anything more with that. But it's getting easier and easier and easier to do fake, deep fakes. And so here's a whole article on this website at BBC explaining how they do it if you're curious about it. Um, but in order to get these viral clips last week, it took weeks of work. So this isn't something that someone can do like on their phone or on their Windows PC and make a deep fake. What they did is they used a Tom Cruise impersonator. And, uh, and so he filmed it. And this whole article over here uh, and this great video, this is linked to on The Verge, but there's a whole video explaining the ins and outs of how to do it. But their goal was to kind of demonstrate their skills, but really show what deep faking is and how it can work. One of the things that's been confused by people, and I saw people whom I know and respect talking about this on Twitter saying, oh, well, the way to make deep fakes work is to find someone who really looks like the person in the first place. That is incorrect. Uh, wrong. No. Yes. That's not what the point of this is. The point of it is anyone could have been deep faked to look like Tom Cruise. They got an impersonator to do it so that the voice would sound right and so that the mannerisms would be right. But that is not what makes these videos successful. What makes these videos successful is the person who created them and the trouble that they went to to create them. But if a guy and an impersonator were able to create something that's so perfect for Tom Cruise, imagine what they could do with, um, with uh, a politician. Just think about that for a minute. And again, I say, how long has this maybe already been going on that we don't know about it? Ooh, creepy. Okay. The last thing I think, Brianne, listener Brianne, did you send this one in? Crocodiles have escaped a breeding facility and an unknown number are still free. They were only able to catch 27 of them. Don't you love it when animals escape? I hope they don't hurt anyone, but I always love it when animals escape. A search and recapture mission is ongoing. It's in South Africa this week after an unknown number of crocodiles escaped from a breeding farm. Uh, there Apparently, there was a hole in a wired fence. This was a legal facility, but they found a hole or they made a hole and they escaped. They're uh, between four and about five or six feet long. 27 had been recaptured. Uh, they won't name the facility by name, I guess, to protect them. But they think that they entered Breed River which is bad because now they can breed in the river. They can breed in breed river. This is when you hear things about this and, and you're like, not sure if we live in a simulation. They're worried that they're going to, crocodiles are going to breed in breed river. We're in a simulation, people. This is all the proof that I need. And this is all that I have for you today. If you want to, you can follow me. I'm at Dan Benjamin, Instagram, Twitter, and right here on YouTube. Uh, at Dan Benjamin, you can subscribe, like, and ring the little bell to remember and be reminded when I come online to do the show. And of course, please support me on Patreon. The Patreon donations are low right now, friends. They are very low. And uh, yet you you turn out here in thousands and you could give me a buck. Give me a dollar a month. Buy me one of these a month. It doesn't seem like that's a whole lot to ask. I don't think it is. So uh, anyway. Patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. I appreciate your support and I will be back here for you tomorrow. Have a good one, Benjamin Nation.